Welcome to the Skeptic's Guide to Investing with Steve Davenport and Clem Miller. Every two weeks, Steve and Clem bring you brief investment insights you may not find anywhere else. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Here are Steve and Clem. Welcome, everyone, to Skeptic's Guide to Investing. I'm Clem Miller, and today we are going to talk about NVIDIA's Magnificent 7 stock, which is on a great run. Steve Davenport and I will dig into the reasons for its meteoric rise. Steve? There's a lot to capture here, Clem, but first we probably need to define some terms. AI, you'll hear us talking about artificial intelligence, and that's AI at many different levels for many different industries. So we'll use the general term, but obviously AI in finance is going to be different than AI in manufacturing. GPU, graphical processing units. Um, that is the ability of um, where NVIDIA has shown that they are the leader. They were the best people. When my son wanted a, a good gaming computer, he made sure he had an NVIDIA graphical processor. And I think it's you know something that you wouldn't think would lead to their current efforts, but it really has become their differentiator. And then there's gaming and crypto mining. Gaming and crypto both use a lot of um, computing power to do what they do. And I've thought about, you know, the gaming is not a real thing for, you know, the, the businesses, but the processing in gaming is a lot like the processing that goes on in AI in that you have different paths and different outcomes and you have different you know, parallel events. And then there's a term called CUDA. CUDA is the software that engineers use at various companies to develop AI. And their software has become almost as strong as their chips. So when you take the two together, a person could develop a better chip or a person could develop software, but they have an a lead in both. Um, and I'll talk about some competition from AMD and other titans like Apple, Google, and Taiwan Semi. So, Steve, did all of this hype around AI and generative AI and NVIDIA happen uh, just in 2023? No, NVIDIA has been a leader for years. Um, the pie is getting a lot bigger because now people are saying, if we're in this space with the computing, we have to be thinking about AI and computing. And when you do that, you're asking people to use much more complicated um, algorithms and ideas. And they have made it the standard of managing GPU design and implementation. So, uh, okay, Steve, how do we invest then in NVIDIA in 2024? Here are the basics, and these are my thoughts. This is not advice, but it's mainly some education in this space. Where are you in your life cycle, risk spectrum, and understanding of technology? How does this fit in the asset allocation of your technology sector? You probably own it now as part of ETFs and index ETFs because it's one of the largest companies in the world. Um, the MAG-7 is starting to become the MAG-4, and eventually, it might become the MAG-1, with NVIDIA being the best company of all the MAG companies. So I try to tell clients that, you know, greater than 20% of equity 
or 10% of your assets, then you need to sell or hedge. I think that's a guideline and people will vary it. But if you're owning all the mag seven and nothing else, um, then perhaps, you know, you need to think about the other parts of the economy and what happens when these multiples or this excitement with AI starts to abate. Competition is fierce, and these companies are all chasing to apply artificial intelligence. Steve, I, I totally agree with the, all the points you've made, uh, except maybe the one about MAG4 becoming MAG1. I think there'll always be some uh, uh, some room for uh, other companies uh uh in the uh technology space uh in the future right now there's enthusiasm <laughs> for these big big companies and i right. think that nvidia might just have that sweet spot for a little bit longer yeah. um, here are some numbers to think about it. nvidia and vid has a pe of about 83 times its market cap is right now 1.8 trillion and that's trillion with a T. Um, price to sales is about 50 times. The gross margin over the last 10 years is about 55%. Now it's about 70%. Um, so that's a 30% increase at a level that was extraordinary at 55. So is that 30% borne out in what um, they're doing? It may be, but my question is, is how, how many years or how, you know, the law of large numbers tells you that at 1.8 trillion going up 30% more from there, it's going to be more difficult. The ROA is about 10.2 in 23, and the ROE is about 18 in 2023. Leverage is 1.8 times um, versus about 1.2 over the last 10 years. Um, do you like to use price to book or price to sales or price to cash flow when you're looking at these companies, Glenn? So I think, you know, price to book is an old fashioned ratio, in my opinion. I know. I'm, I'm not saying anything <laughs> so, about you. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> so I don't think uh, I don't think price to book is relevant, um, especially, for, especially for a uh, for a company that is uh, essentially involved in services. You know, NVIDIA is a software design company. All the chips are made uh, uh, in Taiwan Semi. So, you know, I think for a services company, uh, price to book is irrelevant. Price to sales is is more relevant, uh, but you got to be very careful about price to sales, especially for some of these startups, because, you know, price to sales sort of ignores profitability. So I would uh, I give that a little bit less weight. Price to earnings I use and price to cash flow I'll use as well. Uh, the only thing about those is that you really need to uh, to look at some of these on a forward basis. So, you know, granted, you know, forward relies on analyst expectations of earnings and sometimes they can be a little optimistic. Uh, but still, when you look at, you know, some of the numbers like the, the trailing PE of, of 83 times, um, you know, that, that number, you know, becomes a lot less, uh, over time as, uh, as NVIDIA grows. So, uh, 83 times trailing is a lot less on a forward basis, especially if you're talking about two and three years forward. 
Okay, yeah, so you and I are not typical investors based on our experience, but how do you think individuals should think about Nvidia? So, you know, I think um, you know, individual investors, you know, I think Nvidia is a great stock for individual investors. A great stock. You know, a lot of people may say, well, you know, I don't understand what Nvidia does. You know, we did another podcast about banks. I think it's much more difficult to understand, you know, banks in terms of, you know, what their lending is, credit quality is, and so on, than it is to understand NVIDIA. I mean, NVIDIA, as you pointed out, designs chips that are used for some discrete applications, AI, gaming, uh, and, uh, you know, other applications for uh, that you might have out there for uh, graphical processing units. I just think uh, it, it's it's actually easier to understand uh, than you know, some other sectors might be. I hear people all day, strategists and analysts, talk about how worthy and Nvidia is of these multiples. But I also learned that you need to understand their position and where they're coming from. Are people? talking their own book, quote unquote, to get others invested so that their holdings will do better? So, you know, I think, I think that, uh, you know, these are, are really complex companies uh, to understand. And I think, I don't think people are really talking their book uh, so much, you know, I don't, and I, well, let me take that back. Some people some in some investment firms might be saying, well, look at my performance because I've been heavily involved in the mag seven uh, over the last year. I, you know, I wouldn't, I would discount those to a certain degree because that kind of performance from the mag seven uh, might, might not continue into 2024 and 2025. So yeah, I think uh, I think it's important to uh, to keep diversified and not necessarily uh, be swayed by those who think that uh, you know that Mag Seven might uh, that only investing in Mag Seven and maybe a few others is a good idea. So um, I think that the interesting thing about this chip company is that we don't know what the future holds. Self-driving cars, uh, artificial intelligence on x-rays, computer-generated investment advice, general automation. Where do you think uh, AI is on the um, you know, four classes of investing, where I'd say frontier is the most risky, emerging, um, developing, and um, developed tech scale? Yeah, so just in terms of... Uh types of products and so on. Uh, I, I would say that AI is, uh, I don't think, I don't think generative AI is still on the frontier. I don't think the types of AI that, you know, are used in a Tesla car are frontier. Uh, you know, those things, you know, those things are actually out in circulation now. I think uh, AI is uh, somewhere between emerging and developing in terms of a technology. You know, yeah, one, I think it depends on the application. But. Right, it depends on the application. I, I one thing, one thing I read recently, some well, some months ago, which really struck a, a chord with me, was that, 
you know, as AI, as various AI applications develop, you don't really think of them as AI anymore, right? <laughs> I mean, they just become a part of uh, of normal life. Uh, right. So, for, for example, automated calling uh, when you call into a you know into a call center, and basically you've got you know a robot directing your call. Uh, we don't think twice about that anymore. Uh, and yet that's a, a major application of, uh, of AI. And I think as we go along, you know, some of these applications that sound really cool and cutting edge right now are just going to become normal for us. Yeah. When I think about this, I think about my little electric circuit. And uh, most things are used to computer processing where it's sequential. You process something, you get an output, you process the next thing. Um, and what AI and what NVIDIA is doing is really, you know, getting into the whole parallel processing, doing things, multiple things at the same time. When you when your screen starts to change, they're not doing uh, pixel one, pixel two, pixel three. They're using 80 or 90 or 100 parallel processing so that each of parts of the screen come up much faster. And I think that that concept of parallel processing is really um, when you take it to the extreme that they can now do with design of these chips. And you've got so many processors and you you know can run them in parallel. It really um, does extreme things for the speed. The, the nano um, meters is another example of. When we're getting thinner, when we're doing our processing better in terms of the algorithms, these are all advantages that um, when I started, um, there was talk about something called irrational exuberance. And I don't think I can really put that term out here for NVIDIA because I think some of what they're doing and their leadership is really very rational. And I think some of this exuberance you know, has some great uh, future in front of it. So I don't know if this is the best analogy, but the Supreme Court was looking at a question of pornography one time. And then they said, the way you define it is, you know it when you see it. Um, nobody cares about your assets as much as you do. So I think this is a great technology. I think it's a great idea. And I think they have a great vision. Um, but you just have to be careful out there, right? The excitement may be able to continue, but competition usually helps the consumer and the marketplace by having others who will go after those high margins and their, the, the areas where there's huge profitability and growth in the future. So I would just try to you know, keep your head up, look at this, put it in a proper perspective. Um, in the mailbag, I guess we have a question about, do we own it? Um, so my answer is yes, we, we own it in a growth strategy. We own it in a core strategy. We own it in a faith-based strategy. Um, it's not in the value and it's not in, uh, our dividend strategy, but, uh, we believe it's one of the leaders and you should own it. How about you, Clem? Yes, I, I definitely own NVIDIA. Uh, I, I would I do not have a concentrated position in NVIDIA. I don't have as large a position as I do in some of the other uh, MAG7 stocks uh, because 
of this, you know, I do have some concern that NVIDIA might be getting ahead of itself um, in terms of, uh, or NVIDIA, not NVIDIA as a company, but NVIDIA share prices might be getting out ahead of themselves. So, you know, it's not my number one position and uh, uh, I have some significant exposure, but, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not putting uh, a lot of my eggs in that particular basket. Sure, we equal weight. So we're talking about, you know, one of 40 names, two and a half percent. And it's grown significantly since we put it in. But we also trim uh, when it gets above three and a half. So um, in summary, I'd say that growth matters for your financial wellness. But you've got to keep it in perspective. Understand how much equity is right for you. Understand then once you're in the equity space, how much tech is right for you. And then figure out other great names which you should own. And as we did in our other podcast, Microsoft uh, is a great name, uh, Google, Amazon, et cetera. Um, I think that there's a lot of smart people in this business. And they're not all at um, Taiwan Semi. They're not all at Microsoft. They're not all at NVIDIA. So my point is I want to have all these smart people working for me. Understand the tax impact of selling short term versus long term in an IRA versus in a taxable account and act in a disciplined way. Clem, is there anything else you should, you think I should add? No, I, I think that that about covers it. I would uh, just echo your point about being careful. I think this is an exciting new technology. Uh, I think you know, an awful lot of us, an awful lot of investors are excited about it. And when you have that valuations go up, so just be, you know, just be very mindful uh, as we go along about evaluate about valuations, things could turn uh, and, you know, you need to be prepared for that possibility. Sure. Maybe even think about hedging. Thanks <laughs> for, uh, um, that's put pushing another one of our podcasts. So I'm uh, self-promoting here. Please um, like and share and uh, tell your friends about us. And uh, we look forward to helping you with your financial wellness. Thanks and have a good day. The views shared on this podcast represent the personal investment views of the hosts. They are for educational purposes and not meant to be taken as investment advice. Listeners should consult their own investment, legal, and tax advisors. Past performance of any investments is not a guarantee for future return.